Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. You're listening to In the NoCo, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Thursday, October 12th. I'm Erin O'Toole. More than half of college students say they're struggling to meet basic needs, such as finding stable housing. That's according to a 2020 survey by the Hope Center for College Community and Justice. That was a period of uncertainty given the ongoing pandemic, but it points to a persistent problem. Recent federal data shows 8% of undergraduate students experienced homelessness in the previous 30 days, and the numbers show students of color are hit the hardest. In Colorado's rural mountain communities, helping students stay housed becomes even more of a challenge. It's always been expensive. That's not new. I would argue that it has gone from expensive to extreme. That's Matt Gianeshi of Colorado Mountain College. CMC has 11 campuses in communities like Breckenridge, Carbondale, Leadville, and Steamboat Springs. Unlike many other higher ed institutions, their primary source of funding comes from local property taxes. And they're using some of that funding to build housing for their diverse student population that's more than a quarter Latino. Gianeshi says this work is chipping away at some of the barriers to higher education, like accessibility. So I think the traditional definition of accessibility often comes down to what people would think of as affordability. Um, and affordability for most traditional educations includes you know, on-campus housing and tuition pricing, uh, whatever their books and fees and other you know, sort of uh, associated costs might be. In our communities, accessibility actually means both locational accessibility. So we need to be present in our communities. Our students are not going to drive from Aspen to Breckenridge um, to to participate in a course. Um, yeah, that's it. Not in the winter. That's a five-hour <laughs> drive um, for them. They're not going to do that. Right. And so part of our accessibility model is recognizing that we have to um, have services locally available um, to our communities. And that that makes it certainly less affordable for us to deliver. Um, so it is an expensive proposition um, than having a single campus where all students across the world sort of come to us. What we do is we go to them. I mean, we offer programs in our communities. We also um, use our um, local subsidization to lower the tuition prices for our students. So it's not free, um, but it is about as close to free as one might find. We are often on the list of the five or 10 most affordable baccalaureate institutions in the in the country. Um, and so our tuition pricing is um, for local students, which is the vast majority of our students, about $100 a credit hour. Uh, we have the lowest student loan debt for any institution in the state, and it's actually declining. I mean, it has been for several years. The biggest barrier to our students is actually housing. It's not tuition, it's not pricing, it's not books. For us, it's affordability of the ability to actually live in resort communities and be a student. And so at Colorado Mountain College, you've sort of dipped your toe into the water of 
building housing. Ten years ago, we um, we were uh, we had three traditional residential campuses with dorms, uh, traditional dorm style housing. Since that time, we have opened I guess seven, almost eight apartment buildings for our non-traditional students for year-round affordable housing for students and in fact some of our staff. And we've gotten into the business of purchasing market homes on behalf of our employees. And so it has completely changed the way that we uh, think about our education and how we deliver an accessible, affordable option on behalf of these communities. And the housing you've created so far, does it seem like it will make a dent in the tremendous need? Yeah, I think um, it's easy to get discouraged um, when you look at the magnitude of the need um, in our communities. And I'll just give you an example. Over in Breckenridge, they're very actively um, participating in building a number of communities on behalf of that uh, region in order to try to have a um, some kind of a dent um, in the need. But the, the need is being estimated to be, say, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 units that have to be available just to break even on the on what the demand is. This is just workforce demand. This isn't vacation demand. Um, this is for people who are attempting to live in these communities. Again, it can be discouraging when you look at that, but I think what was more discouraging for us is to do nothing and to sit on the sidelines and hope that somehow this is going to fix itself. And the reality is, is that our communities, while they are all extremely generous, they are all oriented toward doing what's best on behalf of their businesses and their local communities, they just don't have the wherewithal. We're not talking about major metropolitan areas. We're talking about small communities that if they take on a project like the ones that I just described, these are major projects in these communities and they take years um, to go from you know site planning and architecture to development and construction. And then it get, you get into trying to even hire the subcontractors that are willing to come in here in the middle of winter um, to try to help and put in electrical or, or plumbing. And so we recognized on our side that doing nothing was a decision that is impossible for us. We have to uh, commit ourselves to beginning to start uh, to making a contribution, uh, which we hope will then start to take some pressure off of our local communities, which are also doing the very same things. In combination, we hope that the that eventually the sum of the parts helps stabilize the community such that um, it, it doesn't feel like an impossibility for either a new employee moving to the area or a student that's trying to you know, not work. I, I teach a class, for example, I routinely hear from my students who, who have two or three jobs that they're balancing in addition um, to, um, to school. And so if we can get that down to two jobs <laughs> or maybe just one, um, those will be successes in our mind in, in giving them a chance to graduate. We talk a lot about the housing crisis in Colorado, but we really don't talk enough about how it affects students. What are you seeing from your perch in higher education? So the, the, this actually gives us an opportunity to go back to some of the what educational researchers would call some of the seminal research in higher education. Um, and that goes back to a gentleman named Dr. Vincent Tinto and others who looked at, you know, what, what does it take to help a student persist and graduate? And obviously, the most important thing is what happens in the classroom. But the other things that relate to how to help a student persist in college have to do with, do are they comfortable? Do, does the environment reduce their stress? Are we able to address any of the challenges financially or otherwise that the students might have? 
And that really comes to kind of an environment that provides support. And so my point in raising that is that I don't know that this is a new concept. It's just a new um, vehicle for us to conceptualize what does it take to help more students graduate from college. And in, in at least in our communities, darn near every one of them works. And so our students don't want for lack of work. They work. They work hard. The question is, can they find the time and the structure and the capacity to be a student? And what we have found in looking at our own internal research, so this was just done, we did a study um, internally a few weeks ago, uh, it was done by our strategic initiatives division within the college, and they found that for individuals who live on campus, all other things equal, the retention and graduation rates for the individuals who live on campus versus those who don't is double. So we found that the housing effect, it has an, not, not just a small, like a marginal effect, an extremely large um, impact on the capacity of the students to be successful in college. Matt Gianeshi is Chief Operating Officer for Colorado Mountain College. Matt, thank you so much for talking with us. It's been a pleasure. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. Our producer is Jocelyn Mason Miranda. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm Erin O'Toole. See you next time.